I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you here on this Monday. I'm Randy, and um, my guest today is a gentleman named Noah Heron. And I got a question for you before we get to Noah. Uh, if, if I said, look, do this one thing, do it on a regular basis, you'll have a much better life. <laughs> if you really think about it, so much of the teachings of Christ are exactly that. And yet, we, we don't always. We're going to give you a little motivation. We're going to give you some steps, and we're going to talk around a, a new book a little bit that's called Holy Habits. And as I mentioned, it's written by Noah Heron. He's the founder of The Gathering and a pastor of the Way Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and he has outlined 10 small decisions that lead to a big life. So um, hopefully this will inspire you to think a little bit and then, you know, do it. Because <laughs> none of these things work if all you do is think about them and talk about them. You got to do them. What are they? We're going to find out. Uh, chat is open. Hello, Judy. Hello, Loretta. Great to have you guys here. If you want to jump in on the conversation, feel free to be a part. And if you're watching in the replay, we always appreciate your nice comments. You can disagree. Just be nice about it. Noah, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Randy. It's an honor. All right. Holy habits. Ten things. What? Um, where does this come from before we get to the specifics? Yeah, so for the last uh, four or five years, I have had the honor of traveling and preaching at um, churches and conferences and universities. And I spoke at this event in Tampa, Florida, a couple of years ago, where uh, after the message was over, I prayed with a young guy who was um, wrestling with some uh, cycles of sin, some addictions, and he really felt like in that moment that God had set him free. And it was a really powerful moment that we shared together at the altar of this uh, of this conference. And I was so excited to be invited back to the same event a couple of years later, and um, was really excited to see this guy again. And I did end up seeing him only the conversation that I had with him was not what I expected. It was one where he opened up and shared with me that he was not, in fact, um, set free. He had actually gone back to some of the the same cycles. And it just was a really heartbreaking conversation and one that made me uh, realize that there are a lot of people who sing about freedom in Jesus, but never actually experience freedom in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it just, it it marked me in such a way that I started thinking about why is it that we can know Jesus and yet still go back to the same habits, the same addictions, the same cycles of sin? And I landed on this idea um, through studying the word and and then through my time with Jesus. It's that an encounter with Jesus can set you free, but your habits with Jesus are what keep you free. Hmm. And so that's really the thought and the idea that um, spurred the entire book, because I realized that it wasn't just this young guy at this conference that was struggling with this, but that on all, on some level, all of us are trying to figure out a way to um, rid ourselves of the old us and become and continue to become the new creation that we are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I think I've got probably twice the years on you, pretty close to it anyway. But and I, I and I've you know being raised with a, a dad who's a preacher, an evangelist, which means we've lots of different churches weren't 
you know, in one location. Um, I've seen this. I've seen this my whole life and with pastors, yep. you know. Um, but I will also see, say that I have seen people who have turned and never, ever gone back. Yeah. And I think, I think you've nailed it, honestly. I, I think you have hit it right on the head uh, because, I mean, we can, we can go through Scripture, you know, and it, it, you can empty out the bad stuff, but if you don't fill it with the good stuff, man, it's, it can come back and come back seven times worse, Scripture says, right? Absolutely. So walk us through some of these, these habits because, I mean, that's where the rubber meets the road, you know. We all want to be there, uh, yeah. but we're not there. What have you found that we need to, to be doing on a regular basis? Yeah, the first habit that I talk about in the book is the habit of getting good at coming home. And I started there because uh, I think that the way we move forward in the kingdom of God is actually by repentance. And uh, there's actually a bunch of new theological camps out there that say that you don't need to repent. Uh, outside of that first time that you repent. And uh, I, I disagree with that um, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty adamantly. But even if uh, even if you're a part of that camp, maybe listening to this, I just don't see the downside of uh, repentance, you know, turning away from something and turning towards Jesus. I just think that that uh, alone, whether we need to or not, is just a good habit and a good practice. And so, um, a scripture that's really, really encouraged me in my walk with Jesus is Proverbs 24, 16. It says that the the righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. Mm. And that number seven is not a literal usage of the word of the number seven. It doesn't mean that if you fell eight times in your life, you're out of life. Kind of a thing. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it actually is a number used for multiplication, and and the meaning of that scripture is the righteous fall a lot. Um, and so the encouragement to me is that the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous is not that one falls and the other doesn't. It's that one has the power to get back up through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so um, the repentance, the getting good at coming home piece of it to me is the starting place, because uh, I think what the devil loves to do when we fail is to tell us that we should take some time off, that we should take a week off of studying our Bibles, that we should take a week off of church because we're hypocrites, that we should go and try to figure out how to become more like Jesus without Jesus, which is impossible. Right. And uh, what I like to remind myself is the most biblical thing that I can do when I fail or if I fail or when I sin or if I sin is to actually get back in the presence of Jesus and um, and repent of that sin and immediately come back to Him, and it's through that process that my heart begins to become more like His. So, interestingly, the the number seven in the Hebrew also signifies wholeness. I look at that and I say, if you want to be whole, you got to keep getting back up, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's good. I, I do want to ask you something because I've actually thought about this um, because my my past, my former pastor used to say something that I heard my whole life. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, uh, which was all, we're all, we're we're just sinners saved by grace. And I get that. And and I get the reminder and I don't think it's wrong. I think it's a little incomplete because I interviewed Mm -hmm. someone else here on this program. um, And they had been in a 12 step, you know, 
hi, I'm Randy, I'm an alcoholic or I'm an addict. And they, this person was like, no, I am not anymore. That's not who I am. So yeah. I, I guess I'm looking for that. Where do you, where do you keep labeling yourself as something that you're set free from versus yeah. the reminder of what you've been set free from, right? I guess we, can we do two things at the same time? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's such a, um, it's such a delicate tension, I feel like, because mm. when, when you look at the, uh, particularly the letters in the New Testament and Paul referring to himself as <clears throat> the chief of sinners, yeah, you know, uh, I think, I think it's important to remind ourselves of our need for Jesus. Mm. And I think that that's what Paul's intention was when he said that, if, when you look at the context of, of what he was communicating um, in that letter. Uh, but I also think it's really important to um, remind ourselves of what scripture also says, that we're more than conquerors through uh, Christ Jesus, that we're not actually victims to sin uh, but that we're actually victors that can overcome sin yeah. because yeah. of the blood of Jesus. And so, um, you know, I, I think reminding ourselves that we need Jesus actually helps us to overcome sin. Uh, but I don't want to identify, at least uh, not as my primary identity anyways, as a sinner. I would much rather identify as a son of Jesus who desperately needs Jesus, but uh, is also more than a conqueror. Yeah, I like that. I think that's good. I think that's it. I, I guess I can say, "Hey, I am Randy. I'm the, I'm a former sinner, <laughs> and if I sin again, I'm going to put it in the past again. Repent, <laughs> get up, and 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 keep going." Before we get to some of the other ones, and we're not going to get to all ten. You guys are just going to have to check out the book. Um, there is something you say that I think is foundational to any of these habits, mm-hmm. uh, and and you say that the the power of spiritual habits is not found in the habits themselves what do you mean mm-hmm. by that yeah uh really simply the power is not actually in reading your bible um the power is in meeting with the author of the bible when you read the bible mm-hmm. uh the power is not in prayer you know without without the holy spirit being present prayer is simply you talking to yourself <laughs> <laughs> but uh but when the holy spirit's there you're communing with with God. You're talking to the Lord. And so what I really try to convey throughout the book is that um, habits without the presence of God are uh, are simply to-do list. Uh, it's it's religion. Um, but habits with the presence of God, that's that's where the power is. And one of my favorite illustrations of this point comes from, a guy named Richard Foster, who wrote a book called The Celebration of Discipline, which is one of my favorite books that I've I've ever read. And he gives the illustration of a farmer and how a farmer can uh, get the soil ready. They can plant the seed. They can do all the work that a farmer has to do in order to see a harvest. But ultimately, if the sun doesn't show up, there's not going to be uh, any growth there. And it's just a great reminder to me that, um, that the habits, you know, they just get me in the environment. They just get me in the position to receive from, uh, the son of God to receive from Jesus. Um, and it's actually him who has the power, not the task that I'm doing on a daily basis. I think that's, I think that's really important to remember because we can then get into, uh, I, I don't want to 
say that the term religion is a bad one, but without God, religion is is lifeless and, and it's just yeah. a form, yeah. right? It's a tradition yeah. of men, uh, and it can also lead us into this idea. Uh, it can get people into spiritual pride, but where they go, well, you're not doing what I do, you know? Totally. And so, and that's why it doesn't always look exactly the same. There's some foundational things that are true for everybody, but some of the specifics sometimes, I think God works in ways that are as unique as we are in a way that suits us best. And the best news of all is that he does promise to show up. We don't, yep. you know, oh, and we got a great song that we sing in our, we used to sing in our church. It's kind of out of the rotation now, but wait, waiting, we're waiting for you, God. And we got all these, God, please move. And it's like, <laughs> he's, he's here. He's promised to be here. We're two or three gathers. Sometimes I kind of laugh, but I, I get what we're saying, but it's like, we don't have to, we don't have to do the work to make God show yeah. up. We almost just have to get out of the way. Yeah, that's know? it. Okay, this is the book, Holy Habits by Noah Heron. We've, we've hit one of them, and it's a good one, and I think it's key. Because, uh, man, unless you agree with God that sin is sin, you're not going to get very far at all. Um, mm. Pick another one out of that that's key for people. Yeah, uh, man, I, the one that uh, I, I'm really seeing a lot of fruit of in, in my life right now um, that hasn't always been one that's been natural to me is just talking with God, which is is the habit of prayer. And uh, I think every Christian knows that we should pray. And yet for me, most of my journey following Jesus, the most intimidating scripture in the Bible was pray without ceasing. <laughs> right, <laughs> because right. I just didn't know how people did that. I, I remember Impossible. a few years ago, just feeling like, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to just spend time with the Lord. And I'm going to see how long I can pray. And I, I, I actually started to stopwatch and I was like, I'm going to get after <laughs> God right here. And, uh, about four minutes into my prayer time, I was completely out of words today <laughs> and I was so discouraged. I was like, I don't know how this is, how this is possible. And so <clears throat> the habit that I talk about in the book, I call it the one minute prayer. And basically, um, I'm, a, I'm a schedule guy. I, I use a planner and uh, I use a Google calendar and all those things. Um, and I decided, hey, after every event or after every meeting or after every Zoom call or every radio interview, I, I'm going to take 60 seconds to talk to God. Um, and basically, it's given me a scheduled time to talk with the Lord 12, 15 times a day. And uh, over the past three years, it went from being something that was very intentional. I had to set an alarm on my phone to remind me to something that just happens naturally mm -hmm. um, to the point where I don't even really think about it unless someone asked me about it. I mean, right before we got on this call, I just prayed. I was just like, God, will you please be with me and Randy as we talk about mm -hmm. um, your word and we talk about uh, holy habits. Got to pray would encourage somebody thank you for your Holy Spirit that's that's in our midst, et cetera. And when we hang up, I'll do the same thing. I'll, I'll pray. Um, but it's just gotten me in the habit of including God in the conversation throughout the day. And uh, I can't tell you how many times um, those little 60-second prayers have completely changed uh, a conversation, completely changed what I was going to do, an action, or maybe a thought that I had. And I'm so grateful that over time, you can actually grow in the habit of prayer, and it can become something that uh, maybe you see as a weakness and turn it into something that's really a strength in your life. I'm curious, what, what, have you seen that 
Do you have any examples come to mind? And it's okay if you don't, because I'm, I'm going off script a little bit. This is not in the Q. These are not in the suggested interview questions. Yeah. <laughs> has there? Have you ever had a, a point where you may have reacted or spoken to someone differently in the past, but now that you've gotten a habit of prayer, it changed the way you approached a person or a situation? Absolutely. I mean, it just happened this past week. We, uh, as you mentioned earlier, we pastor a church here in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, we are just seeing some amazing things happen. Uh, growth and salvations. We've we've been open as a church for three months, and we've had 102 salvations in three months, which is just wow. insane. And um, we've outgrown the space that we're in really quickly. And we have all these amazing things happening, but with it comes comes issues and uh, problems and trying to steward growth well. And so we actually had a member on our team that um, this past week had just done some stuff that was a little out of character and uh, and you know, I, I was planning on meeting with them to talk to them about some of the stuff that we'd seen. And right before we went in to this coffee shop to talk, uh, I just did the 60 second prayer and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, Hey, you just need to ask them questions instead of just telling them, um, what you're seeing. And the conversation ended up going a completely different route in which I learned a bunch about them and some things that were happening in their life that clearly were affecting some of the decisions. Yeah. that they were making. And I really felt like we were able to um, get heart to heart a lot better than what would have happened if I had gone in there guns a blazing. And so that's just a recent example, but that happens all the time. I, and you know, I think it will. I, and that's, that's why that is so key because, <laughs> well, a lot of it's learning to listen. It's learning mm -hmm. to shut up when you think you should speak. But there are times where, where if you're doing, if you're living in that attitude of prayer, God will tell you, you need to speak. And, yeah. and you know, and again, we, we humans, we like formula. We, we like, okay, say this, do this, do this, do this. And, and that is not spirit led living. You Absolutely. Know? So, I mean, I, that's, I love that. I, I, I'm glad, I'm glad I, I'm glad I asked that maybe it was a prompting that I just followed because yeah, yeah. that's what everybody can do that everybody yep. can do that and I think that's the beauty of part of what you're sharing is that it, this is not just for pastors this is not just for people that are really really spiritual this is this is everybody's stuff right yeah. absolutely yeah it's it's for everybody and and, and it's going to look a little different for everybody too because uh, my relationship with Jesus is different than yours. And um, he's going to speak to me in different ways. And uh, that's that's another beautiful part about Jesus is that he doesn't uh, talk or treat each of us in exactly the same way because it is a personal relationship with Jesus. And his word never changes. Um, you know, his truth never changes. But sometimes the way in which he communicates that to us does. Ab it absolutely does. Okay. Uh, all right, I'm going to stick to it. There, you, are you a scuba diver? Is that where that comes from? Tampa boy? <laughs> no, no, my, my, uh, my dad is a scuba diver. Okay. So walk us through the analogy because I like that, uh, the scuba diving thing, even though I've never been certified, I've, I've been in the ocean a bit. Yeah. So I grew up in Tampa and, uh, my dad, he would go scuba diving most Saturday mornings, early in the morning, um, when I was a little kid and, uh, through that, just I learned a lot about scuba diving. I'm not a big fan of 
of going deep in the ocean. So I'm not a scuba diver myself, but uh, one of the things that I learned from watching him do it is that a scuba diver can't just go to the bottom of the ocean in their scuba suit uh, because the pressure change would actually be so dramatic and so unhealthy for the human body that they that a scuba diver would dive, uh, that they would die if they tried to do that. And so what they actually do when they're descending into the depths of the ocean is they have to do this kind of leveling out process where they descend for 10 or 20 yards and then they stay there for uh, 60 to 90 seconds. They let their body kind of adjust to that depth and that pressure. And then they do the same thing and they do the same thing over and over again until they get to their desired depth. And I, I just see a lot of, uh, especially younger believers who get frustrated with their lack of growth in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think it's because you can have these mountaintop moments with Jesus, whether that's salvation or rededication or going to a conference where you just hear something um, really specific from the Lord and you just want to dive to the bottom of your relationship with Jesus. And I do think that there are seasons where you definitely can dive quicker than others, but what I've learned is that um, it's a slow descent with the Lord, and uh, you can't rush His timing. You can't rush intimacy with anybody, but that includes the Lord. And so I just like to look at my relationship with Jesus as a scuba diver descends into the ocean. Um, I, I've still got a lot of descending to do, but when I look back up at where I came from, Uh, I'm really, really thankful for how far I've been able to go down into the depths of his mercy and his goodness and, um, and his grace. And so that's where the analogy comes from. Yeah. I mean, you're totally right. Another way of looking at it would be like that teenage kid that wants to grow a full beard and, you know, have a job and, and drive, you know, wherever. And you're like, dude, you, you just turned 16 yesterday. It's going to take some time, you know, it's called maturity. That's what it yeah. is. What, you know, what you're talking about is spiritual maturity. Uh, and yeah, it is a process. And, you know, it's a daily process. That's the yep. beauty of what you're sharing. All right. We got time for one more. Um, and I'll let you pick it since you wrote the book. Yeah. Uh, okay. A, a habit. This is the newest of the habits in the book to my life. It's the habit of sitting in silence and, uh, it came out of this this place of being inspired that sometimes I think our prayer lives look like talking to God, but never listening to God. And uh, my morning time with Jesus for a long time looked like I would read my Bible, take some notes. Um, I'd spend time in prayer. I had this running prayer list of people that I was praying for, um, my family, my two kids, my wife, uh, our church. And then I'd get done praying and I would just kind of go on uh, with my day and with my habits. But uh, the sitting in silence habit was something that I added to the end of my quiet time. And for me, I go outside. um, I go on a walk around our neighborhood. I don't have music with me. I leave my phone in the house. It's just me outside quiet Uh, right now in Nashville, Tennessee. It's a little chilly in the mornings. Um, so there's an added element of cold right now, but it's just giving 10 or 15 minutes of silence to the Lord and giving him a chance to speak back. And sometimes uh, he does really clearly. And um, I've been given answers to things I've been praying for on those those little walks in silence. Uh, but there's been other times where I haven't heard anything. 
And uh, even in those times, I have felt so grateful for that time because it's a reminder to my soul that his presence is enough for me, even when I don't hear or see something that I'm praying for happen. Um, another example of things that have happened uh, on those times is God just put people in my mind that uh, for whatever reason, he, he pops them into my mind and I'll send him a text message or pick up the phone and call him when I get back and um, it's just really felt like divine kind of nudgings from the Holy Spirit to reach out to certain people. And um, I'm just really grateful for that time. It, it, At the very worst case, I go on a 10 or 15 minute walk and I don't hear anything, but I feel better the rest of the day. <laughs> right, right. And uh, I'm grateful for that new habit in my life. Yeah. So it where you live, um, is it kind of busy? Because I know the Nashville area, it's especially it's just blown up, but it, like, do you hear street yeah. noise and stuff like that on a regular basis where you're at? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So have you ever gotten out to a place where there was nothing around for miles uh, mm. and noticed that you hear every small sound? Yep. I, I think that's a lot of what you're talking about because yeah. when we just shut off the noise, suddenly things you would never notice before, like the thought of, oh, you hadn't talked to that person in a while. Mm -hmm. I need to give them a call. Mm -hmm. Or maybe something personal, you know, like, you know, I got a bad habit. I could use this holy habit instead. Yeah. And in today's world, it's crazy. It's kind of like the light pollution. When we were, I was in Africa uh, a few years ago and um, in Angola. And, dude, the sky, it just lights up at night uh, before the moon came mm -hmm. up. I've never seen it like that. And we don't see it here because there's so much what they call noise, light noise. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's so much clutter. Totally. Uh, and I, I think that is a really important one. Uh, and Loretta watching says that silence is hard because her mind wanders. But, you know, I think sometimes your mind wandering is a little bit of unwinding. And if you let that wind on out, then you can get to the stillness where you may hear some things you haven't heard. So that's OK. So that's just the, the process of, of unwinding the noise. Yep. Um, really good. All right. Uh, I want to show people real quick your website. This is noahheron.org and uh, you got a new church you got your sermons online yet yeah they're on our youtube channel if you just oh, okay. search uh my name or our church way church nashville tennessee you can find them there okay so you can do that and you can catch up with noah at his website there um it's a good conversation and i know we just scratched the service three out of ten people so you're gonna have to pick up the book if you want to uh, see what else noah's talking about because i can tell you the, the the three we did talk about Really good, really important. Anything you want to add before I let you go? I appreciate your time today, man. No, uh, it's such an honor, Randy. Thank you for having me. And uh, just really, really grateful for our, our time together. Appreciate you guys out there watching. Lots of people chatting today. Uh, some new people, Susie. Uh, if anybody else is watching that is uh, new to the program, we would invite you to hit that um, subscribe or like or follow, depending on where you're watching. Uh, and if you want to inspire somebody, here's some good things to do. Hit that share button and check out Holy Habits by Noah Heron. Make a good Christmas gift for yourself or someone else. And we've got more for you. Please come back. We've got some good lineup this week. And I'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.